Turn with me to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. While you're turning there, I'll give you a little background. Mark's gospel, it's believed to be the first gospel written. He wrote it while he was in Rome between 58 and 65 AD. The shortest of the gospels with a focus on the works of Jesus. His gospel was the source for Matthew and Luke. Most of Mark is found in those gospels. That's why they're referred to as the synoptic gospels. They, were, they present the gospel in a similar way. Mark was also Peter's assistant, so the gospel is preserved from Peter's first-hand eyewitness account. Peter also referred to Mark as a spiritual son. He traveled with Paul on a missionary journey. The first eight chapters of the book record Jesus' ministry in Galilee, the early part of the ministry, 8 through 10, is their journey down to Jerusalem, and then in chapters 11 through 16, his ministry in Jerusalem, capturing the events of the Passion Week. And as we get to chapter 5 today, Jesus is healing people. Crowds are following him and leading us to, we're going to start at verse 21. Jesus got out of the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little girl is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I could just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, Look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word, Lord. There is power in your word. Pray for your anointing now. Jesus, as we dive into it, your Holy Spirit would speak through me, Lord. Open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts to receive from you this morning. Father, we want to give all of our heart to you today. Thank you now. We praise you, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you. Praise you, Lord. My sermon title today is Just One Touch. Just One Touch. A 2016 Barnard Research Survey revealed the following. 66% of the people in that research study believed in supernatural healing. Two-thirds. 68%, almost 7 out of 10, prayed for someone to be healed. And 27%, almost 3 out of 10, explained that they experienced a miraculous physical healing 
No natural means could explain it. A miraculous supernatural touch. Even NIH, National Institute of Health, has conducted research studies published in medical journals that will look at a group that was prayed for versus groups that didn't receive prayer. The groups that received prayer, that read the Bible, that attended religious services, they lived longer, they were less prone to illness, addictions, and coped better with chronic illnesses. Praise God for that. Our passage today includes a woman who falls into the category of a miraculous physical healing. It's also found in Matthew 9 and Luke 8. All three synoptic gospels capture this story. Our story takes place today in the early part of Jesus' ministry. While he's in Capernaum, the area of Galilee, right by the lake. After crossing the lake, Jesus is approached by Jairus to go and heal his 12-year-old little girl. So Jesus, the disciples, the crowd, they're now en route to go to his house. We're going to focus our attention on a story found within the story of healing his daughter. A very well-known story often referred to as the woman with the issue of blood. And we find here an interesting contrast. Jairus is the leader of a synagogue. Here is a woman who wasn't even allowed in the synagogue. Yet, they both have something in common. They are both in desperate need of help. And they both find it. Our story begins today as they're en route. Here, they're on their way. But in Mark 3, let me note this. A couple of chapters before this, just to give you a little more context, they came talking about the crowd. They came from all over Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem, Idume, from the east of the Jordan River, and even as far north as Tyre and Sidon. The news about his miracles had spread far and wide, and vast numbers of people came to see him. He had healed many people that day, so all the sick people eagerly pushed forward to touch him. You guys can show my first picture. The word of Jesus is spreading everywhere. All those yellow circles are the locations I just read in Mark chapter 3. The word has spread north to south. No social media. <laughs> word of mouth. The distance from the top yellow circle down to the bottom yellow circle is a good 300 miles. Wow. Let's start here with verse 25. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years. In Luke's account, a physician, by the way, adds that there was no cure. There was nothing in the natural that could cure her. Today, there are still diseases that have no cures. In our video that I just shared with you, Ray and Colleen are a picture of that, serving on this camp of residents in the Bahamas who have AIDS. They have no cure. And they, as they shared with us, my heart just sank to hear them share their story that people just get dropped off there basically just to die. They get left there and that's it. Nobody there. Thank God for Ray and Colleen's heart to go and serve in this way. When I worked in the hospital system, many of the patients that I worked with and got to help had chronic conditions for many years, sometimes even longer than 12 years, for decades, dealing with chronic illness. And depending on what medical source you refer to, chronic conditions can be defined as a condition that lasts for three months, six months, 12 months, or longer, that need ongoing medical attention, typically a condition that cannot be cured. And today, like the woman in our story, 12 years she's been suffering with constant bleeding. And over 2,000 years later, here we are. She didn't have all the medical advances that we have today all the options that we have. So this must have impacted her lifestyle in such a great way. Her socialization, her hygiene practices had to remain very healthy. You know, for us, 
anyone who's just been sick for two weeks, let alone 12 years, boy, you know how much you just want to get better when you're just sick for a short period of time. When you're sick for just a couple weeks, it can feel like an eternity. Can you imagine what she must have felt like? Year after year, not getting better, things are getting worse, chronically sick. And many times when people are dealing with a chronic sickness or illness, boy, you're just happy to have one good day. You know, it was a good day throughout all some of those bad days. And let's be reminded that Jesus talks about a life for us that goes way beyond surviving, trying to just have a good day here and there. In John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. That's the kind of life Jesus has given to us. Listen, we all know people who have been dealing with medical issues for weeks and months and years, and ourselves, many of us, we all are dealing with stuff. And what tends to happen over time when you're just battling through something? You know, a lot of times you hear people say, man, I'm just sick and tired of being sick and tired. I just want to feel better. And you begin to hear the desperation in their voice. Desperation begins to develop. They're willing to do anything just to feel better, which leads us to our next verse in 26. She did everything in her power to get better. She spent all of her money. She did everything she knew that she could try to do. She's searching all over the earth for help, going from doctor to doctor, anything she could do. She didn't find rest until she could find the help she needed. But unfortunately, it didn't help. She must have just felt hopeless. She had just tried everything for so long. When you're dealing with a chronic physical illness for a long time, what tends to happen is, boy, it begins to beat you up mentally and emotionally. You know, just physically, you're feeling it, but when it starts to stretch the weeks and months, it begins to really take its toll in the other parts of ourself and our soul. It's a battle, and we've all dealt with issues like that. So we see her condition got worse, and she's reached the end. She's reached the end of what she can do. Exhausted everything the world could offer. Then, verse 27, here we go. She heard about Jesus. Amen. Faith comes by hearing, Romans 10. She heard about Jesus, and something on the inside of her began to change. She began to believe. The news of Jesus is spreading across the region, and she likely heard some of the word of mouth that was traveling all over the place, the stories of people being healed that we read about in those first chapters there. It, actually, in the first few chapters, listen. Mark 1, he healed the man possessed with an evil spirit. He heals Peter's mother-in-law. So Jesus healed many people who were sick with various diseases and casted out many demons. He also healed the man with leprosy in Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 2, he heals a paralyzed man. In Mark chapter 3, he heals a man with a deformed hand. And he's just getting started. Amen? So for the, those first three chapters, before he reaches her, there's a lot of healing going on. In the stories, the word of Jesus is spreading everywhere. And she's hearing now some of these stories as well. So she's heard about Jesus. Thank God for the testimonies, right? We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of a testimony. Don't ever underestimate the power of a testimony. Your story, remember, can be the key that unlocks someone from that prison that they're just being stuck in. Share your story because it ignites the faith. It fuels the faith of the people around you. She heard and from hearing, now we're starting to see a transformation take place. She came to a place that if God could do it for them, he could do it for me too. She came behind him in the crowd. 
pushing her way through, pressing on toward Jesus. She had to break through the crowd to get to her breakthrough. And she got close enough to touch his robe. Matthew and Luke's account note that she touched the fringes of the robe. She stretched her faith. She reached out. Boy, if persistence could be captured in a picture. I love this picture. You walk by it every time you enter the church. It hangs on our wall right as you walk through these doors. A picture is worth a thousand words, right? Could you imagine that moment? She's worked her way through the crowd. She can see Jesus right in front of her. She gets down on her hands, her knees, to stretch. He's in reaching distance. She can touch him. What must have just been going through her mind? Oh, just a powerful, powerful picture. Persistence is defined as continuing, continuing firmly in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. She is a picture of persistent faith. She could have given up against the opposition. She could have given up when she saw the crowd, this large crowd that has gathered and following him. She's going to, knowing she's going to have to push through all these people. Boy, how determined are you today? I wonder if any of you had to push through some stuff just to get here for this service this morning. You know, sometimes we wake up and things start happening, and we got to, like, battle just to get here and make it here on time. She was taking a big risk to go out publicly risking embarrassment of possibly the, the remarks and the comments people are going to say when they see her. You know, in that time, she was considered unclean. When you read Leviticus 15, you can read about when anyone in her category with that type of condition, she was considered unclean. If you touched her, you'd be unclean. If you touched anything she touched, you'd be considered unclean. She wasn't allowed in public with people so she's likely living in isolation. Certainly not in a crowd with no social distancing. You wouldn't find her there. When she walks outside and she sees this crowd, she knew, I'm going to have to push through. I'm going to have to press through all these people. And anyone she touched would be unclean. But... No obstacle was going to stop her. She was determined. I wonder if anyone had that same determination this morning just to get here. Pressing through. I believe breakthrough happens here in our services. We come confidently. We come expecting when we come here. We don't take it for granted. Boys, we're just ramping up to communion here, just start letting that confidence, that expectation build up within you. She pushes through all some of those obstacles. In verse 28, we see what fueled that determination. Her persistence, it was a thought. For she thought to herself, if I could just touch his robe, I will be healed. In the King James, I will be whole. I will be set as one again, complete. In the past, I've shared how thinking, it impacts your emotions, how you feel your emotions, they impact your will, the decisions you make, that impacts your action, your behaviors. It's all linked together like a chain. This thought that she had impacted her behavior, her action all resulted from a thought. She began to believe 
that what was impossible till the point in her life to that point was now possible. She could be healed. She heard, and in her thought process, something on the inside now began to happen. Faith was birthed inside of her. Believing without seeing, she believed faith, God's delivery system. Her thinking moved her to make a decision to go outside and pursue Jesus. She acted on the thought, if I could just touch him, her faith level, right, reached a point. If I, if I could just touch him, I'm going to be healed. Her belief in the power of Jesus was such that there was no doubt it was going to happen. Just have to touch him. She didn't even have to touch his hand or his skin. She knew if I could just touch his robe, something that was touching him, that if she could do that, just one touch, just one, that that would move her from being sick to being healed. The touch of Jesus, that's all we need. She knew when Jesus touched people, they were healed. So if she touched him, she would be healed. She released her faith. She released her faith. She came with that confident expectation that something was going to happen when she made contact. And she put herself in a position to receive the position that you see in this picture in front of me. And she touched him. And verse 29, immediately, I love those suddenly moments in the Bible. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. The bleeding dried up. She could feel in her body that she was healed. She felt the healing. Wow. She felt it. I'm sure her condition had all kinds of symptoms, pain and discomfort that went along with all that. And she touched him and she felt the healing in her body. The moment she made contact, the symptoms disappeared. The symptoms she had for 12 long years, gone in a moment. That was divine, supernatural healing. And that type of healing still happens today. Amen? Amen? We're a church that believes in divine healing. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. With one touch, in one instant, in one moment, her life was changed forever. The healing power is still available today. Amen? It's Communion Sunday. Yes. If you have ever been healed, when it happens, you know it, just like she did. We've heard testimonies of people right in our church family who have had experiences just like this, supernatural. There was no natural way to explain it. It just happened. Someone prayed for them. The pain they had, gone. It happens. Divine healing. The type of healing we're reading about. Let your faith arise. Boy, let's bind up doubt right now and just cast that out. Let it be removed out of our mind. Let's just, your mind is like real estate. Let faith take occupancy of our entire mind. Don't let doubt take root anywhere. Let it be removed in Jesus' name. Verse 30, she immediately could feel healing in her body, and Jesus could immediately, he immediately realized that healing had gone out from him. She immediately felt something, and he immediately realized something. So he turns around, and he asks, who touched my robe? Wow. With all the people pressing against him, can you imagine? All of us what if all of us just exited these doors to my right? And what if I was in the middle and I stopped and I said, who touched me? Everybody just squeezing and just press through these doors here. 
It's interesting that whole time that we're just going through this story, people are all around him. They're pressing against him. The verse in Mark 3, people were eagerly pressing to touch him. Yet, he could tell the difference. Jesus can tell the difference between someone touching him and a touch of faith. Wow. He knew there was a different touch that just happened. A touch of someone who believed. Her level of faith. The power did not leave his body with everyone else touching him until she touched him. Verse 31, his disciples said to him, look around the crowd. How can you ask who's touching me? Luke's account, a specific naming Peter here, but the disciples are all there. And boy, just, you know, all of us have been in situations where we've been in crowds that are so tight, where everyone is pressing against you. I've been on SEPTA subway in Philly. I've been on the Metro, Washington and Virginia. I've been on buses in Orlando where you're sandwiched in, you're just squished between everybody. There's like got to be, you know, we can all relate up to five, six people touching you all around you. I don't know if any of that's going to be happening still right now with everything, but we know what it feels like, feeling like a pancake. And based on the disciples' response here, there must have been a lot of people there. The disciples are like, there's no way. How are we going to know? There's no way we're going to know which person you're he just touched you right now. Luke's account adds this. But Jesus said, someone deliberately touched me before I felt healing go out for me. Someone deliberately touched me. The same word we see when Mary first touched Jesus after the resurrection from the tomb. The same word in the Greek. Verse 32. But he kept on looking around. He's just looking around to find that person. He continues to look. Why? Why does, why does he have to stop and just find her? Everybody else is touching her. Why does he want to do that? He's looking to just draw her out from the crowd because of this next verse, 33. She, now frightened, trembling, realizing what has happened to her. She's healed. And she comes and falls to the feet of Jesus right in front of him told him what she had done. She came and fell at his feet. Someone, by the way, who wasn't permitted in public, Jesus wanted everyone to be able to see that she had been healed. She humbles herself before him, and she tells him her story. When God does the miraculous in your life, share it. Don't keep it to yourself. It's not meant to be contained. When the miraculous happens, share it. But if you have it on the trigger, ready to go, you're going to meet people all over the place, and they're going to want to know, how's it going? What's going on? You'll have an opportunity, ready to go. Let me tell you what God's doing in my life. Share it. Share it. Remember, your testimony is one of the greatest things that you can share with somebody. And right now, as we're going into the summer season, there's so many get-togethers, Getting together with friends and family, you're going to have a lot of opportunities to share. So be ready. Have it ready to go. Luke says this about this verse here, Luke's account. When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. The whole crowd heard her explain. In the King James, she told him all the truth. Well, we see the result of what happened when she heard about Jesus. She believed. Now they have heard. Some of them witnessed it. Some of them were probably walking next to her or behind her and saw what she did. So some of the people now are also from that area. They probably knew her. They're like, oh, my God. They're what is she doing out in the public? They saw her coming. People probably knew her personally. She was set free from isolation. Whew. Wow. We too have to humble ourselves before the Lord, bring our concerns to him. God is near the brokenhearted. We did a sermon on Psalm 34. He's close to the brokenhearted. 
Can you imagine how it must have felt for her all those long years? Let God do what only he can do. Boy, our brokenness, that's where God does his work. And the parts of my life where I've been busted up and broken, boy, that's where God's light shines the brightest in the cracks of my life where I've been broken up. Boy, that's where he gets all the glory, amen, in those parts of our life. Psalm, uh, verse 34. I love this. Don't you love this verse? And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Matthew's account. Daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed at that moment. Your faith, your faith has made you well. Jesus honors her faith. Go in peace in the Greek. Go and rest. Go set as one again. She was made whole. She was made complete. She leaves that place healed. Ah, oh, boy, the relief. I, the relief she must have felt at that moment. She had a whole new life. Your suffering is over. Yes. Amen. Boy, how many people would love to hear those words? Your suffering is over. Just the relief you would just receive. She had been seeking for answers for so long and finally, finally found her answer in Jesus. You see, the woman we met in verse 24 was now a new woman in verse 34. A transformation took place. She received a transforming touch, and it transformed her life. An exchange happened. You see, her faith, it led to a transaction. If you walked in here today with some type of illness, some type of issue, today is a day of healing. Communion Sunday. Let's believe together. Let's remove doubt. In closing, to walk in healing, we've got to know, we've got to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it is God's will for you to be well. Amen. Amen. It is. In the same way you got saved and received salvation as a free gift, it's the same way with healing. We believe. When we pray, we receive it. By his stripes, we were healed. And there will be a future manifestation. When you take communion, when people pray for you, Jesus never refused to heal a single person. That includes all of us. God no more chooses to heal some people or not than he chooses to save some people or not. Salvation is for everyone, and healing is for everyone, not just certain people. Amen. Our story today is just one example in the Bible, just one, of someone who heard and was healed. Don't allow any past experiences to limit what God can do. Because God can do the impossible. By faith, we're going to receive today. We read today about someone who had faith to believe that she only needed one touch. But also be reminded from Matthew 8 of the centurion who said, just say the word. Just say the word from right where you're at, and my servant will be healed. You don't even need to travel. Go all the miles to touch my servant. Just say the word. That was a whole nother level of faith. He knew that Jesus didn't even have to go and touch. Just speak the word. Just say the word. He believed without seeing. 
Faith, boy, it's that confident, confident expectation that it will happen. I love the persistence in her faith today that nothing was going to stop her from her blessing. Oh, I admire that determination and persistence. Yes, if, you, if you're praying for a healing touch, it's God's will for you to be well. And as we renew our mind around God's word, faith comes by hearing. Then we begin to see ourselves differently. We see our identity in Christ. And as we see our identity that way, your identity changes the way you think. And you begin to think then like a child of God. You begin to think uh, as someone who is saved. You begin to think as someone has forgiven. You begin to think as someone who has been healed. Your identity needs to be rooted and anchored in God's word. Believe what God's word says about who you are. You are healed. And today is communion. And as we remember, it's, uh, we do this every month to remember what Christ did for us on the cross. Isaiah 53, by his stripes we are healed. 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes you have been healed. We've already got it. And today we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. A supernatural healing power is dwelling within you. So let there be a release of that supernatural healing today from our spirit into our physical body as we take communion this morning. And let's speak to our mountain with authority. Listen, I, God knows what your issue is today. There may be no one else that knows what you're dealing with, but God knows. But let's speak to that mountain with authority. Instead of talking to God about our problem, let's talk to our problem about God. That we serve an almighty God, all-powerful, divine physician. And Jesus is still healing today. Amen? You see, healing isn't based on what we've done. It's based on what Jesus already did on the work of the cross. And communion is a time and a place where sickness is broken and canceled out in Jesus' name. When we take communion, there's a spiritual transaction that is taking place. When we take the cup and the bread, we're remembering as we're remembering, we're activating the faith that's within you. Don't let it lie dormant. Release it. Activate it. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. And if you're home right now, let's get ready for communion. But let's stand together. Before we take communion, I just want to make sure... You've received another gift before the gift of healing, which is the gift of salvation. If there's anyone here watching from home who has never made a decision to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and today is your day for salvation, praise God. And we're going to pray the prayer of salvation first, just to make sure your heart is in alignment before receiving our gift of healing today. So if that's you, if you're watching from home, if you're in here, or maybe your life just derailed, you were following the Lord, but stuff happened. Life just took you in another direction. Then this time is for you as well to rededicate your life. So let's pray right now. You want to receive Jesus in your heart, then this time is for you right now. Just pray with me. Lord Jesus, I come to you today because I know that I'm a sinner. And I cannot save myself. I need a Savior. I need you, Jesus. And I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you were resurrected on the third day. I believe that you sit at the right hand of the Father. Thank you that my name is written in the book of life. Thank you for forgiving me of every sin I've ever committed. Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. I repent before you. My heart is all in. I believe in my heart, and I confess with my mouth 
that Jesus is Lord. Help me from this day forward to live a life for you. I am saved and I am forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. If you said that prayer for the first time or rededicated your life, all of heaven is rejoicing. And we want to pray with you more. Let me know if you prayed that prayer, if you're watching from home. We'd love to pray with you more. This is just an introduction of you getting to know Jesus in your heart. It's just the beginning of a relationship. Praise God. Heavenly Father, we just come before you now to ready our heart for communion. Oh, Lord, it's a holy time. We sung this morning that we enter the holy of holies. Father, what a privilege, what an honor to just be in your presence, Lord. Father, you gave an ordinance, like a decree that a king would give for us to have communion as we remember the work of the cross. You paid the ultimate price, Lord. Jesus. Father, search our hearts. We receive that word that came forth today, Lord. We want to give you all of our heart, Lord. Shine that heavenly spotlight now, Lord. Be that spiritual gardener. Just pluck out the roots that don't need to be in the soil of our heart. Pluck out that unforgiveness, bitterness, anger. Pluck it out, Lord. I pray that the seeds in the soil of our heart would be your word and that it would blossom and bloom. Boy, the woman in our story today Faith came by hearing. She heard the seed was planted and it just blossomed. Faith as a mustard seed. Jesus, we need your help, Lord. Father, I wonder if there are any hearts in here today where anger has just consumed, consumed someone's heart has just become so hard to forgive. And people have been so hurt and so broken by somebody. Holy Spirit, we need your help, Lord. Touch our heart in those areas. We don't want to hold on to that. That's toxic. It's poison to us. But there may be those here today that just need help letting that go. And Lord, you see each person here and watching from home today, Lord. You know exactly what issues, maybe some illnesses they're dealing with, physically, mentally, emotionally. And we come before you humbly, Lord, right now. And we also come confidently expecting that healing is about to be released. I thank you for the gift of healing. I thank you for the gift of miracles, Lord. Miracles, signs, and wonders. Father, we believe. We believe without seeing. I pray a release of faith right now before we partake in communion. right now. Jesus. Thank you, Father. When Jesus was with his disciples, he took bread. 
he gave thanks and he broke it and he gave it to them saying this is my body given for you do this in remembrance of me you may take the bread took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you you may take the cup thank you Jesus hallelujah thank you Lord begin to thank Jesus, for your healing today. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just continue to pray right now. I pray, Father, your healing anointing released. Those watching at home, those here right now, Lord, I pray right now that your healing be poured out, Lord, right now. Father, I speak to dizziness, vertigo, neuropathy, gone in Jesus' name. COVID residuals, things that are just sticking, trying to stick to people, gone in Jesus' name. Any type of arthritis and joint pain, gone in Jesus' name. I pray over back pain today. Pray for every vertebrae, disc, nerve. I pray your healing anointing just flow right down that person's back right now, Lord Jesus. We receive, Lord. We receive your healing today. Your healing touch, Lord. Jesus, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I pray over every broken emotion broken hearts. I speak to depression and anxiety. Constant worrying to stop and be replaced with peace. Jesus. I pray over eyesight and vision. I pray for hearing, healing in Jesus' name. Father, we take authority. We take authority over our physical bodies, Lord. I pray healing would be released right now through our spirit to our physical body. The Holy Spirit is dwelling within us, Lord. pray supernatural, miraculous healing in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. As we read through your word, as we read through the pages of history, as we read through the miraculous healings, Lord, and over 2,000 years later, Father, People are still miraculously being supernaturally healed. No natural way to explain it. I thank you for your release of healing in this place today. I thank you for the future manifestations of healing that will happen. We thank you for those that have already been healed. 
As we look around this room and see those that just weeks ago, days ago were not feeling well and are here, healed, stronger, healthier, recovering. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We remember, we activate our faith today, Lord. We release it now. We're all in, Lord. We're all in. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. I believe without a shadow of a doubt that healing is moving in this room right now. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just thank Jesus one more time before we close. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we don't want to be like those that were healed and touched and never came back to thank you. And Father, we have a story to share. Thank you in advance for the stories that will be shared from the healing today, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I pray that we have an opportunity, just like the woman in our story today, Lord, to explain everything that happened, to tell the whole truth of our story, and that those who hear, faith will come by hearing. They will have faith that arises from our story, Lord. We thank you. Thank you for our service today, Lord. I pray for every family, every person here, everyone watching from home. Bless the rest of their day, Lord. Bless their week ahead. Line up our calendars, Lord. We're giving you the first of our time for this week. Thank you for the opportunities we're going to have to share. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Uh, those of you that haven't done Church 101 growth track, you can join me in the cafeteria and get a slice of pizza. Constitution class is on. Those of you doing the Constitution class, thank you, Peter, for the great blessing of that class. And tonight, youth group, Healing University. Don't miss out. Love you. God bless you. Have a great day. God bless you. Thank you for joining us from home. We love you.